Hey everyone, welcome to the 41 Strong Podcast. My name is Chuck Tate. Great to have you joining me today. So before we get into today's topic, I just want to share a little bit about the number 41. Um, I've been asked recently um, what it means. Here we're in episode 92 of our podcast and there are viewers and listeners that are still unfamiliar with the number 41. So we will unpack that right now. In scripture, the number 40 oftentimes represents a season of waiting, a season of trial, if you will. And on day 41 or year 41, that is when the second chance shows up, the breakthrough shows up, the giant falls, the storm ceases. So let me give you a few examples. In the beginning, it rained for 40 days, 40 nights. On day 41, the rain stopped. Moses committed murder, then he hid on the backside of a desert for 40 years. But 41 came, and he received a second chance when he was commissioned by God to be the rescuer of Israel. We know that the children of Israel, they wandered in a wilderness for 40 stinking years, right? But 41 came, and a new generation entered their promised land. Goliath, he challenged Israel for 40 days, twice a day, for 40 days, begging somebody to fight him, bullying them, taunting them. But on day 41, a young teenager named David answered the call of God in his life, stepped onto the battlefield, and slew Goliath. We can look at the story of Jonah going to Nineveh. For 40 days, he delivered a message of doom and gloom that God was going to wipe out this city of more than 120,000 people because of its wickedness. But here's what happened on day 41. The people responded with repentance, and God changed his mind and instead extended grace and mercy. A couple examples in the New Testament. Jesus, he fasted and prayed for 40 days. This was preparation to do what he came from heaven to earth to accomplish. And the devil tried to derail him from his destiny before he could even begin. But Jesus spoke the word. 41 came, angels showed up, the devil split, and Jesus launched his epic ministry. That ministry included going to the cross for you and I. After Jesus was raised from the grave, he appeared to his disciples for how many days? Forty. Forty days. Commissioning them. He told them to wait for the Holy Spirit. Forty-one, he ascended to heaven. They went and did exactly what he asked them to do. They sat in that upper room. The Holy Spirit showed up. The disciples were empowered. And Peter stood up with boldness in front of everyone preached the first message. 3,000 people got saved. That's how the church began. So here we are, more than 2,000 years later, still functioning and the church. So the message of 41 will come. And the message of 41 Strong Podcast is don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Perhaps you're in a season of waiting for 40 days, or maybe what feels like 40 years, or maybe an actual 40 years. Don't quit. Maybe you're in a downpour where life is just raining down, circumstance on you. You know, I believe you're either going into a storm, you're in a storm, or you're coming out of a storm. The message of 41 is don't quit. Why? 41 will come. Eventually that storm is going to stop. 
the sun's coming back out. Perhaps you are staring at a giant that stands between you and your dream come true. Don't throw in the towel. 41 will come. That giant is going to fall. Or maybe you're like Moses and you just feel like you've been wandering for the last 40 days or Moses did for 40 years. And maybe you're weighed down today by guilt and shame. The message of 41 will come is, man, don't dare quit. God's a God of second chances. He wants to extend grace and mercy to you if you'll run to him. So that is 41 Strong. And this was birthed out of a book that I published in August of 2016. We're getting ready to, 41 Will Come book is getting ready to, to turn two years old in, in August. So if you don't have it yet, I encourage you to go to Amazon.com. You can still find it in some brick and mortar sto stores such as Barnes & Noble and Books A Million. But um, yeah, I'd love to, love to see you snag it. You can download the um, Kindle version at Amazon.com. You can order a soft cover. And we even made an audiobook, so you can even go on to Amazon.com and get the audiobook, and it's just me reading to you. So you can just, you know, chill out, lay on your couch, and let me talk to you. That's kind of strange, but it, it works, right? So 41 Strong is a podcast to deliver encouraging scriptures and stories to help people hold on and stand strong, because we know life is tough, life is difficult. And there are giants that we face, there are storms that we encounter, there are wilderness and desert periods. So do not quit, don't throw in the towel, don't give up, 41 will come, you can be 41 strong. So on today's episode of this podcast, 92, episode number 92, we're going to talk about Pop the Bubble. Um, it's really part two from last week, if you caught last week. If you didn't catch last week, I'm going to catch you up right now, so it's, it's all good, because I'm going to share four ways, four ways that you can pop your Christian bubble. And let me just say this right now, too. If you'd love to subscribe to um, so a weekly email and get some encouragement in your inbox, then then go ahead and, and, and shoot me your, your email address, or you can go to my website, chuckytate.com. There's a little pop-up, and just put in your email address, and I'll make sure that um, you receive some encouragement beyond this podcast. All right? But today, we're going to talk about the safe subculture in Christianity that's often referred to as a Christian bubble. In other words, this Christian bubble is where we only associate with Christians, we only associate with church people, we only listen to Christian music, we only watch Christian television, we only watch Christian movies, we only drink coffee at Christian coffee shops, we only do business with Christians. If we need to hire a plumber or anyone else to do some work at our house, we only hire Christians, all right? If that's you, then you're living in a Christian bubble, and the problem with this protective shield of comfort Christianity is it actually prevents believers like you and I from engaging with the world. Jesus came for those not who think they are righteous, but for those who know they are sinners. He didn't come for healthy people. He said, I came for sick people. So if we're going to reach people that don't know Jesus, the only way to effectively do that is to pop our Christian bubble, step out of our comfort zone, and begin to engage we need to be intentional about establishing relationships with people who don't know Jesus. 
We need to love people like Jesus loved them. And that means we need to say what he said. We need to do what he did. And he wasn't confined to some bubble. So if you find yourself today sitting in a bubble, it's time to pop it. It's time to allow God to instill supernatural boldness on the inside of you so you can be effective as the church. The early church, 12 disciples minus Judas, they turned the world upside down. And the result of what they carried out is still being carried out through us, the church. Think about that. More than 2,000 years later in the church is still going strong. And the only way that we can continue to build the church is to reach out to people who don't know Jesus and to do it with love. So I want to ask you a couple questions. Can you carry on a normal conversation with somebody who doesn't know Christ? And if you can't carry on a normal conversation, I mean, can you talk about coffee? Can you talk about something you're passionate about? Can you talk about sports? Last night, my boy and I, we were watching the, the Cavs um, lose to the Celtics. Man, what a glorious night it was um, for us Warriors fans. But um, tonight, we're going to watch that. Man, we was watching the Cubs game. I love to talk about sports. I love to talk about baseball. I like to talk about about basketball. Yeah, I'm a pastor and I can have a conversation with people about things that don't pertain to the church. And I do this when I'm in the grocery store at Kroger or wherever I go. And I've been able to establish some relationships, even with some clerks in grocery stores. And eventually I have earned the right then to invite them to church or to speak in their life. All right. So if you can't carry a normal conversation with somebody who doesn't know Jesus about something other than the church and the Bible, all right, then, um, then that's a problem. We gotta we gotta pop the bubble. We gotta be able to step step out. You know, you you can talk Christianese in the church, but when you're outside the church engaging with the world, it's time to lose that Christianese and be able to speak their language. The slogan of the church that I leave, Rock Church in East Peoria, Illinois. Our slogan is same message, different language. We want to communicate the gospel in a way that people can understand because we are assuming that our church, the people of our church are bringing unchurched guests to the service so we communicate the message in a way that they can understand so they can respond to the gospel. So that question I asked is, can you carry on a normal conversation with somebody who doesn't know Jesus? Second question is this, can you, can you carry on a normal conversation with somebody who doesn't want anything to do with Jesus? All right. Um, I hope you can. If not, we're going to pray that God will give you some boldness. I'm going to give you some steps to, to help you. But I want to go straight to the Word in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. I read this on last week's episode. I want to read it again because it helps build our foundation and um, it helps clear up some confusion for people that go, wait a minute, the Bible says I'm not supposed to love the world. I'm not supposed to be a part of the world. So I don't agree with you, Chuck. All right, well, let's, let's read it. 1 John 2, 15, it says, Do not love this world nor the things that it offers you. It does say that. But what John is not saying is don't love the people of the world. He is not saying that. Why? Because he also wrote John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God loved the world. 
we have been made in his image. We're called to be like Jesus. We're called to imitate God. Then guess what? We're called to love the world the way Jesus loved the world. How much did he love the world? He laid down his life for the world. We've got to be willing to do this. So when we look at the scripture, what it's really talking about, in fact, it even says it's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. We're not supposed to have anything to do with that. So we need to love people but here's the deal. Any, anything that is contrary to the word of God is not good. So we don't want to participate in things that contradict scripture, but we need to fellowship and reach out to and build relationships with and engage with people of the world because they need Jesus, right? We are strangers, the Bible says, aliens. This is not our home. Heaven's our home. And we are here to fulfill the mission of Jesus, which is to go into all the world. I'm going to read that in a second. But let me read something else to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9, it says, When I wrote to you before, Paul says, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. I'm going to stop right there. Because you might be thinking, you see, even the Apostle Paul says, I'm not supposed to have anything to do with unbelievers like that. Well, here's what he says next. I wasn't talking about unbelievers. All right? Because unbelievers sin. That's what they do. They don't have Jesus. It's hard enough for us Christians not to sin, right? Even though Jesus conquered sin and death, he has given us the power. We don't have to sin anymore. There's no temptation that we can't handle. God always provides a way of escape. So don't keep calling yourself a sinner. You're not a sinner saved by grace. You were a sinner who was saved by grace and God has empowered. You don't have to sin anymore. So don't make any excuses for your sin. Don't justify your sin. Paul said, should we keep on sinning because the grace abounds? No. So let's knock that off, right? But if we do, hey, we repent, we confess our sins, God is faithful, all right? He's not mad at us, he helps us back up, and onward we go. Paul was saying, we shouldn't associate with Christians who are unrepentant. That's what he's saying. He's not talking about unbelievers. We're called to engage with the world. That's what Paul did. He says, I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin. He says, I wasn't talking about unbelievers who are greedy. He says, I wasn't talking about unbelievers who cheat. I wasn't talking about unbelievers who worship idols. He says this, you would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. And we're not called to avoid the world. We're called to avoid some Christians who might drag us down who are unrepentant of sin. But when it comes to people of the world, we've got to reach out. Now, bad company corrupts good morals, so you shouldn't spend the majority of your time with unbelievers or you're going to get drugged down. But you do have to spend some time. You do need to be intentional about establishing a relationship and earning the right to invite someone to church or to share your faith, share the gospel, okay? Because here's our mission. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 says, Then Jesus told him who? He told his disciples, I'm a follower of Jesus. If you call yourself a Christian, raise your hand. Yep, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. Then this message from Jesus is for you, and it's not a suggestion. It's a commandment, all right? It's the great commission. He commissions us. He says, one word, go right? Go. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He doesn't say go into the church and sit there and never leave and only engage with Christians. It doesn't say go into the church and preach the good news to everyone. No, it says go into the world. We're in the world. We're not of it. We're called to love the world like Jesus did. He laid, his, laid down his life for the church that we need to be willing to step out of our comfort zone. And the only way that we can do that is we got to pop the bubble. 
We got to pop our Christian bubble and get out there and love people and establish relationships with people and engage with people so we can earn the right to speak into their life. Hmm. Let's go to Luke chapter 14. In Luke chapter 14, there's a story of Jesus as the honored guest at, at a home, and people were you know, jockeying for position to get close to him. And um, Jesus tells the story about wanting his house full and inviting guests. So he says this, Go into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that my house might be full. God wants his house full. This weekend, I preached three services at our church. There were empty seats in all three services. We still had 500 people attend, but there were still empty seats. God wants his house full. So it's my responsibility to encourage and instruct the church to get outside the church doors, to pop their bubble and invite people and get them here so the house can be full. And it's my responsibility to do the same thing. I've got to practice what I preach. So I did this Saturday night. My family and I, we were on our way to the Peoria Civic Center to go to a dance recital. And we um, didn't want to spend um, $700 on a pretzel at the Civic Center, so we stopped and hit Taco Bell. And um, I thought I heard the gentleman um, the young man who was working the drive-thru window, I thought, I thought he said Chuck. And my wife said, hey, I think he must go to the church or he must know you. I'm pretty sure he said your name. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. So here's what happened. Um, he came back to the window, and I said, hey, have you been to Rock Church? And um, he goes, no. Should I? And I said, absolutely. He's like, okay, I'll check it out, right? How easy was that for me just to engage and simply ask a question? You know, Jesus said, go into all the world, man, find anyone you can and drag them in. I want my house full. We're called to build the kingdom. Our mission is to go in the world and preach the gospel by how we live. It's really important to preach by how you live. People are watching you. But it's just as important to preach with your mouth. You do have to be willing to open your mouth. There are some people who think that I can just live a certain way and that's good enough. No, we've got to be willing to open our mouth and share our faith. Now, if you are living like Jesus, then people will ask you questions, and the easiest way to share the gospel is to answer questions. Hey, why do you go to church? Hey, I know you're going through a tragedy right now. How are you holding on? Boy, how, do you have, how can you have hope when you just lost a loved one? People will begin to ask you questions, and then, man, pop that bubble and talk to them. Engage, answer the questions. All right, so I'm going to give you actually four ways to pop the bubble. Since we're talking about popping the bubble and stepping out of our, our Christian comfort zone and, and engaging with people in the world, there's really four ways that, um, there's more than four ways, but I'm going to give you four ways in our final nine minutes here to, to help you be able to pop the bubble. All right, number one, and these are really all mindsets that we have to have. We need to renew our mind with the word. We need to change the way we think so we can engage with people. So the first mindset shift is this. We need to move from being a member of a church to a missionary of the church. You gotta change your mindset. Don't consider yourself a member of a church. Consider yourself a missionary of whatever 
church you go to, the Church of Jesus Christ, capital C, together, one body, right? Lots of different denominations and styles of worship. We're all on the same team, and we're all called to go and preach the gospel. We're all called to share the good news. We're all called to engage with people. So we need to have a missionary mindset, not a member mindset. All right, if you belong to a country club, that means you pay a fee, and that fee gives you the right, and not just the right to the country club, but it gives you access. As a member of a country club, you have access to the tennis courts, you have access to the heated pool, you have access to the gym, you have access to rub shoulders with um, all the movers and shakers, so to speak, of your commuter. Maybe you have access to the elite golf course. All right, when it comes to church, we can't view it like that. We're not paying a, a fee so things you know, can be catered to us. We're called to be like Jesus, which is to serve. I'll get to that in a second. So we need to see ourselves as a missionary. That means we need to study culture. You know, I've been on several mission trips. I've been to, to, to Africa and Mexico and the Bahamas and Jamaica on mission trips. And every time I've been on a mission trip, I've studied the culture before I left. I wanted to make sure that I could speak their language. I wanted to make sure that I could identify. I wanted to make sure that I had information, you know, so I could have a easier way to engage, right? So we need to have a mindset of being a, a, a missionary. Um, number two, the second way to pop the bubble is we lose that consumer mindset and we have a contributor mindset, all right? So if you are involved in, in a local church, then you need to quit worrying about what's in it for you and you need to shift that mindset and ask yourself, what can I do to contribute to this church? How can I make this church better? How can we reach more people? What do I need to do? So many people choose a church for, hey, you know, I like, well, I like this and I like that and I want this and I want that. And it be, what happens is if we're not careful, we become the, a consumer who's just sitting in a comfort zone feeding ourselves we gotta we need to get we need to roll up our sleeves and contribute so that local church can be more effective to reach more people all right number three the third way to pop our christian bubble is to um, lose a, a salesman mentality and develop a servant mentality because we want to be like jesus and he came to serve Right? He came to lay down his life. He came to wash his disciples' feet. We need to serve like Jesus. All right? So we don't have, when you serve, you don't have to be a salesman. You know, when you walk onto a, a car dealership lot, you know that some dude in a tie is going to hit you hard. Right? Man, the world does not want that from us. But if you will serve the world, and you will wash their feet, and you will meet a need, you will change a tire, you will buy some groceries, you will help somebody, then you are more likely to be able to earn the right to speak into the life, share your fight, extend an invitation. All right, number four, we want to um, shift this mindset where we move from agreeing with Jesus to obeying Jesus. See, there's a difference. You know, I can say, hey, the Great Commission, it's to go into the world. It's not a suggestion. It's a commission. We've got to go into the world. And you could be like, amen. Man, you can, right here on Instagram Live, we're doing this. We're on Facebook Live. You could give me a thumbs up, a fist bump, hands up. Yeah, I agree, Chuck. We've got to go. But we need to move 
And that's cool. But we need to move from agreeing and actually doing, right? Because we don't do Jesus any good with him if we agree with him, but we don't do. Faith without works is, is dead, right? We're called not just to agree with him. We should agree with him. We should embrace what he taught, but more importantly is to do what he taught. We have a responsibility to accomplish his mission, not just agree with his mission. And if we will shift those mindsets and do that, we will be able to reach a lot more people. We'll be able to see his house full. We need to look for opportunities to share our faith. So um, Peter and John, I love this story. They were going to the temple. It was an afternoon, about 3 o'clock, the scripture says, and going to preach or teach or worship. And there was a lame man. He was crippled from birth, sitting on the outside of the temple. He wasn't going in. He didn't go in. He made his money by hitting up people who were going to church, right? Going to the temple. And on this particular day, I love that Peter and John, they didn't give him what he wanted, but they gave him what he needed. They were looking for an opportunity. They saw an opportunity to reach somebody. So they said, hey, silver and gold, we don't have, we don't have any money, but we're going to give you what we do have in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And then the scripture says in Acts chapter three, verse eight, that they helped him up. And when they helped him up, he began walking, leaping and praising God. But here is what I want you to see that maybe you didn't see this before when you read this story or heard this story. After this man got up and began to praise God, he went into the temple with them. How cool was that? They met a need and he went with them. If we will serve people like Jesus and meet needs, then people are more likely to go with you to church so they can hear the gospel and respond to the gospel. And if you go to church where there's never an opportunity to respond to the gospel, go to a different church. That's what we're called to do. We're called to build the kingdom. All right. So I'm going to close out um, this podcast with, with this, this true story. Um, reading a book right now called Do What Jesus Did it's by Robbie Dawkins. And he tells a story of a woman who was at a conference in Atlanta, Georgia, and was fired up, left the conference, and she felt like, man, she just, she just began to pray and said, okay, God, I'm going to do anything you want me to do. You lead me, you guide me, I'm in. And all of a sudden she felt like she was supposed to turn left. So she did, she turned left. Like, okay, this is strange, but hey, you know what? I think God's speaking to me. She was driving, and then she felt like she was supposed to turn right. So she turned right. Now she's just, okay, Lord, I'm obeying. You said left, I went left. You said right, I went right. And then she drove straight into the parking lot of a little convenience store. So she parked and she sat there. She felt like, hey, I'm supposed to go in. I don't know what's going on, but I said, God, use me, and I, I think He is. She went into the convenience store. And all of a sudden, she had this strong urge where she felt like God was telling her to walk up to the clerk behind the counter and stand on her head. All right? Now, she thought, okay, this is not God. This is just me. I'm losing my mind. This is crazy. But she couldn't shake it. It was like shouting on the inside of her. She knew it was the Holy Spirit. She knew God was telling her to do this. She really believed that. So she said she just was standing in the aisles waiting for people to leave, reading the back of um, potato chip bags, right? Reading the labels on the back of potato chip bags. Finally, the store cleared out. It was just her and the clerk in the store. So she's like, okay, I don't know if this is me or not, but I'm going for it. And she just ran 
there was a pole in front of the in front of the counter where the clerk stood and she goes hey look what i can do and she jumped up on her hands kicked her feet up against the pole and was standing upside down as she was upside down she looked up at the clerk and she saw him put his head down and just shake his head like this and she thought to herself in that moment this guy not only thinks i'm crazy he thinks i'm a freak so she got back down and stood back up and then she noticed he was crying he had tears streaming down his face And she said, what's wrong? He says, you won't believe this, but about 30 minutes ago, I prayed, God, if you're real, then have somebody come in here and stand on their head. And that's what happened. True story. Here's what happened next. She invited him to church. He went. He gave his life to Christ. This was years ago. And he still attends that same church. All because one person was willing to look for an opportunity. The only way to do that is to pop your Christian bubble, step out of your comfort zone, and engage. I'm going to pray for you right now. I want to do that. I know you want to do that. We all need more boldness, right? So let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for who you are. And I just pray right now, God, for everyone that's listening God, those that are live with us on Instagram, those that are live with us on Facebook Live, God, those that are watching at Peoria Area Church or PeoriaLife.com or iTunes, how, or whether it's live or they're watching this later, listening to this later, I just pray right now that you will instill supernatural boldness within each and every one of us that we can declare like Paul from Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it's the power of God that leads into salvation. So God, help us to pop our Christian bubbles, to step out of our comfort zone, set up divine appointments of people that we need to reach. Put somebody's name right now in our heart that we need to engage with, that we need to help, that we need to serve, that we need to reach out to so we can have a conversation and we can invite somebody to church so we can share our faith so we can fulfill your mission to go. We thank you, Jesus, that the same spirit that raised you from the dead is inside of us. We've already been empowered. We just got to go from agreeing with you to doing it. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys. Well, hey, thanks for hanging out with me today on 41 Strong. For more information about um, 41 Strong, go to my website, chuckytate.com, Chuck E, not Chucky e. Cheese, but Chucky e. Tate, T-A-T-E dot com. There'll be a little pop-up, and I'd love to get your email address so I can get you on my list and send you some encouraging stuff and look forward to engaging with you. Feel free to send me uh, a message, reach out. For more information about the book, again, you can go to amazon.com. I look forward to seeing you next week for episode 93. All right, God bless you. Have a great day. PeoriaLife.com